The beer is still here, though. The beer, like, it yeah. fermented. We got it in. We did the rest of it. So. Something was fermenting it's in there. Fine. Something Your was hair fermenting was clean. <laughs> I mean, it was Your at that point. Head was clean. Nothing's growing on the top, right? Yeah. I don't well, know. We didn't look at it. This is also also after you put the, t- the the thermometer in the ice water, and apparently he was then also tasting the beer. Yeah, I was like, well, what's the, the matter then? Shower at that point? Well, because you oh, put the thermometer there and you're trying to like bring down the temperature, and you're like, whatever now. And so Did you like, sanitize the thermometer? I sanitized my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Yeah. yeah, so. Hello and welcome to the Blind Tiger Podcast, your one-stop shop for beer news, reviews, and all things brews. I am your host, the man whose philosophy means you can take a beer anywhere, including AA, Rob Fisher. With me, as always, is the man who could make a delicious beer even if his water was used tub water, Mike Albright. And of course, the woman who, rumor has it, bathed exclusively in the Samuel Adams Utopias family Fernandez. <laughs> And of course, the man whose audio skills can make a quiet tinkle sound like Niagara Falls, the man far, far too handsome for reflective toilet water, Jesse Clark. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> reflective toilet water? Yeah, you know, water? like it's still and you can see yourself in it. <laughs> I try not to stare too hard. <laughs> mirror, mirror in the toilet. <laughs> I didn't say it was dirty toilet water, I just said it was toilet water. So today is November 11th and we're recording episode 65, Scrub-a-Dub-Dub. For more information on any of the segments from today's show, visit our new and improved website at www.blindtigerpodcast.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or subscribe to the show on iTunes. Our podcast is available on Stitcher, and our entire catalog of episodes is on SoundCloud as well. We provide news, reviews, and just about anything involving brews. Don't miss out and subscribe today. So brewing space is often in short supply for the average home brewer. Kitchens, backyards, garages, and bathrooms often double as space to mash, lauder, boil, and bottle. Those of us without industrial plate chillers often use whatever we can get, whatever we can to get five gallons of boiling hot hop water cooled as fast as possible. The bathtub can be the ultimate ice water container, but it's surprising what can go wrong, and boy will we find out, when trying to brew in one's fortress of solitude. Mm. To celebrate our esteemed colleague's first foray foray into do-it-yourself brewing, we ask this question. If you were to drink a beer in the shower while making a beer in the shower, what would it be and why? Everything I learned about hygiene, I learned from Sesame Street. The world owes a debt of gratitude to that gaggle of Muppets for ridding the world of smelly children. Muppets like Big Bird, who taught us plenty of soap and water. And Muppets like Oscar, who, well, okay, maybe not Oscar. (laughs) Uh, But Muppets like Ernie, who taught us that bath time could be fun time. And what could be more fun than brewing while getting squeaky clean? So it is to him that I salute with my shower beer, Rubber Ducky, an imperial IPA from Birdsong Brewery. Aww. I drink my Rubber Ducky while playing with my Rubber Ducky and singing the Rubber Ducky song. Oh, gosh. And if you didn't think this was dirty before, sing it. listen sing to these it. lyrics. Every day when I make my way to the tubby, I find a little fellow who's cute and yellow and chubby. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh... <laughs> the next verse joy of joys when i squeeze you you make noise <laughs> rubber ducky you're my best friend oh. so did you make that up no this is actually lyrics from the song rubber ducky and it's you're bert or ernie that, that sings that ernie right definitely early yeah. yeah it's not a birdism not at all bert never bathes yes he just dust baths <laughs> <laughs> rolls around in the dirt he's just fastidiously clean in other ways yeah it's true he never gets dirty in the first place so, Jesse, what did you come up with? So, um, Megan and I were thinking of what to do with this, and we actually went with uh, those, the, the sweet water beer that they have at the fridge. We had that. It was very delicious. Mm, we noticed yeah. it was quite foamy, though, and we decided what we would do with that. We actually um, did some research, and we found out that, um, well, it is purported that Ben Carson believes that the pyramids were actually ancient Egyptian bathhouses where they used beer foam for shaving. Oh. So, he says that the carbon dioxide combines with the wart protein yeast and hop residue to produce an excellent lubrication for that cutting process to swell the keratin and to desensitize the skin along with your sensibilities in general. Dr. Carson went on to write in his memoirs that this dual use of beer scored him a full-ride scholarship to Bullshit Academy, (laughs) where he went on a stabbing rampage of exactly no one, um, unless you count his own campaign and his credibility with voters. Those ancient aliens made a giant, three giant bathhouses. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah. Bravo, Mm. ancient aliens. Beer shaving cream. I think he's on something though. I it like was, that. yeah. Yeah, actually, that's a hot idea. 
Let's Foaming up. Yep. Exclusively by Blind Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I'd use that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Emily, what would you drink while brewing in the bathtub? Well, the beer that I chose to drink in the bathroom uh, is a beer that would be made in a sauna, a Neolithic sauna. I took a prehistoric angle, and uh, uh, there's this beer that's made by Innocent Gun in Scotland um, using a, an ancient technique from 4,000 years ago. You take hot rocks, you heat them up, and then you put them in the wort, uh, and it creates a huge amount of steam. Uh, so you could imagine taking a sauna with your beer uh, while it is brewing. Uh, so this is the beer that I would like to try. Wow. Yeah. I, where were you talking about that? About um, I didn't, I didn't mention that. Caramelizing. Yeah, the... yeah. Yeah. We did report about a year ago about a place in Europe where it was like a bathhouse where you bathed in not beer, but like all of the ingredients of beer. It was like warm water and like malts yeah. and like hops all oh. in the bottom of the bathtub. Like you're and drinking. You got to just <laughs> sit around in a bunch of wort essentially Oof. while they play Enya I don't, yeah no, no, oh. maybe oh and so it was a giant like two person <laughs> bathtub each and they had um, taps in there so you could drink while you were you were steeping your, yourself yeah. in the grains that were steeped <laughs> weird but cool but weird this sounds <laughs> well, the amazing the yeast from your body what no <laughs> that would be a real yeah. wild ale <laughs> so for my answer for my bathroom beer um, the infamous Mythbusters may have attempted to apply science to the question of does your bathroom contain the highest levels of fecal particulates in the air, only to discover that, well, shit be uniformly everywhere. I still have this untrusting dread of air in my bathroom. And while drinking a beer in the shower, while brewing a beer, might seem like the height of sanitary, it just doesn't sit well with me. So in order to protect myself from airborne grossness, I would be drinking nothing other than Icicle Dark Persuasion German Chocolate Ale. Why? Ooh. Well, it sounds the most palatable of the three topmost alcoholic beers in the world. At a subtle and nuanced 65% ABV, <laughs> this beer is more Everclear than Budweiser. I figured that something as strong as grain alcohol might kill whatever nasties might find their way into my beer, and if it doesn't, I won't really care as I'll be passed out or dead after a few sips anyway. Is Icicle the name of the brewery? Or is that part of the name? It's uh, so icicle dark persuasion German chocolate ale is the name of the beer. It's icicle something. It's not dark, but it's icicle. I should look. I should have looked that up. But yeah, they there was three beers that were sixty five percent ABV as the top um, beers in the world, and the other one sounded gross. Well, not gross, but they sounded a lot more brutal than a nice chocolate German ale. German chocolate ale. Yeah. That alcoholic like. What like German chocolate? Are you gonna taste the nuance? Uh, the, no, okay. of course not. Um, I mean, I had Tactical Nuclear Penguin, which was like thirty-eight yeah. percent, and that was like freaking sipping whiskey. So mm. double, well, not quite, but roughly doubling that would be. I can't even fathom how disgusting that would be. You'd be mm -hmm. nothing but tasting alcohol, I would assume, unless it's literally like here's whole grain alcohol, and then here's a chocolate bar, and we <laughs> mesh them together <laughs> in a bottle. That might work. Well done. Yeah. But anyway, with that, let's move on to a little beer news. Bad news. So, Emily, you want to start us off with a little local news? Oh, sure. I was at a Lancaster Homebrew this evening, and I saw a sign for the Lancaster Iron Brewer Homebrew Competition coming up. Entries are due March the 1st, with an announcement party on March the 8th. This is a BJCP-sanctioned competition. Uh, and I went to their website, and it looks like... Um, They've got the head brewers from a number of local breweries selecting the top three prize winners. So Columbia Kettle Works, Mad Chef, and Springhouse uh, will be choosing uh, three top winners, and their beer will be uh, brewed and on tap at those three breweries, and you get a $200 gift card to Lancaster Homebrew. Not bad. Nice. March 1st. $200 Start brewing. buys a lot of <laughs> buy a homebrew gear. Especially if it's entry tier. Now, granted, when you get to the middle tier or the high tier, that buys literally nothing. But <laughs> for you beginner homebrewers, absolutely. Like I have a couple of friends who are starting to get really super serious. Like the one guy brews every Sunday, and um, and I really want to try to have us perhaps go to him on a Sunday to uh, hang out while he brews. And he's got a pretty serious setup. And every time he brings something home, his wife is just like, how much was that? <laughs> And why did you buy it? And he's like, well, you can understand when you get a bigger quantity, you uh -oh. gotta have that. Like it's Gearheads. just escalating. Yep. What does he? What is he doing with that much beer? 
Um, generally giving it away. Like okay, he drinks some that's of it. A lot of beer. Yeah, he's brewing <clears> every <throat> Sunday. <clears throat> well, I think about it. I mean, if you just start drinking what you make. Yeah, that's pretty much exclusively what he does. Mm-hmm. But still, that's how many cases per week is he making? Well, and then thusly going through. At the smallest, he's making two cases per. Well, yeah, yeah I guess if you had it on a schedule where every every, every week I don't drink two weeks, cases a were, week, but. Yeah, I mean, you drink a lot of it and you give a lot of it away and, you know, then you're a generous and wonderful friend. <laughs> All right. If it, All right, tastes, let's be friends if it tastes good, I say Godspeed. <laughs> okay. He, he had a hobby and God bless him. <laughs> so, Mike, you have a little regional news? All right. So, the NCAA lawsuit uh, may rely on beer sales. The estate of Joe Paterno has levied a lawsuit at the NCAA claiming that the organization is guilty of defamation against the once-beloved coach of Penn State's football team. The NCAA is countering the claim and is attempting to subpoena Duquesne Brewing. Why? You may have seen cans of Duquesne Lager featuring the title Joe Paterno Legacy Series. The cans have an illustrated Joe Paterno on the side as well as statistics highlighting his coaching career. The cans have sold well, especially among the hordes of Penn State fans. It is because of those sales that the NCAA would like to use them as evidence. The defendants are trying to make the case that if the beer has sold well, then Joe Paterno's legacy may not be as tainted as the lawsuit claims. The brewery has 20 days to submit all the information it is being asked for before the subpoena is served. Wow. So I think that's really kind of digging deep, but I guess if it proves that people still love Joe Pa, then maybe... So you started reading that paragraph, and I was like, cool, I have a feeling I know where this is going. And then right there at the end, it took a very weird left turn to where I was like, what, what? I thought like it was going to be Paterno's people that were 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 doing the subpoena the to suing, get, yeah yeah but it turns uh, out that it was the ncaa is going no no no. we didn't defame him that much because the beer sold really well mm-hmm. which i think they have a pretty solid point because penn state fans are still pretty ravenously pro joe pom yeah mm-hmm. i mean yeah, they they, i mean Duke even though they took down the him, statue so. i thought they put it back up did they i thought they put it back up pretty quickly afterwards well uh, i don't well my problem i could is, be wrong i didn't care one way or the other about Joe Paul, so I'm more of the, hey, probably should be a little tarnished reputation there. But, uh, you know, that man probably could have come out and, like, literally beaten a child to death in, in full view of the entire world. And most Penn State Careful fans now. would be like, <laughs> he's still a great guy because he won us some football. But he was a good coach. <laughs> oh, a good coach and a good person can be totally separate things. It's definitely a nuanced situation. Yeah, I remember when the um, the riots were happening then, and people I thought it was, it was someone's mom was saying that they they were like, oh wow, look how they're all rioting because they're upset that of the child <laughs> abuse that was going you know <laughs> go on for so long and all that cover up and like no, they're upset because they fired that guy who was covering it up. Well, Penn Staters love to riot. Ask my sister. <laughs> That's where she learned how to riot. Yeah, we've all felt the after effects of that, haven't we, Rob? It's a little weird. We ride for very stupid. We're gonna things. get some comments for this one. <laughs> I was gonna say like they have a vested interest because then they can't play football anymore, and then they don't get the possibility of the NFL. And there's totally. I'm with Emily that it's much more nuanced than the you know whatever. But I'm. This is the most you've Pitt. ever shared from your heart about sports ball that That's I've true. ever heard, Rob. <laughs> it's not so much about sports ball. It's more about covering up for pedophilia. But hey, you know, to each his own. Ah. Anyway, let's move on to a little lighthearted national news. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Extricate me from that let's, situation. Let's drink more pine drops. So I, I picked this one out of the news because um, we, uh, we ended up uh, sampling this not too long ago, but Two Roads Brewing Company is starting distribution in Maine. So that's not really exciting for us in terms no. of national news, but okay. it does mean that they're distributing outside of their home state, which means someday soon, maybe it'll come to PA. Oh, Bigger distribution is bigger distribution, man. That's a good upside. Yeah, sure. I mean, I never, <laughs> I never would have thought Hill Farmster would have come down this way, no, and now true, they're true. coming down this way. So, have they been here since the fridge keg? Yes. Where? Um, didn't uh, Friendly Greek have one of their beers? I thought because they usually post a picture of what they have on mm. uh, draft, and I'm pretty sure that I saw one there. Are you Are you following them on the Facebooks? Is that how you see, or do you just I don't check know their why website? It pops right? up. Yeah. It just pops up every now and then. Facebook just knows I like beer. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah, it cool. just knows. That's good. Yeah. Um, speaking of Facebook just knowing you like beer, mm-hmm. in other exciting local news, which we probably could have skipped over, uh, KBS Day is Black Friday at oh, the Fridge. Cool. So the Fridge annually oh. has a day where they release KBS because it doesn't last very long. And uh, this year they are doing it with a bunch of other Bells stuff. Um, and they are also releasing, or they're going to have 
uh, Goose Island's Bourbon County Stout. Wait, they are? Yep. Okay. And nice. two bottles per customer. You can't reserve two, it. You, two's more than the one of KBS that we could get last year. So. This is true. Unless you won the raffle to spend $10 to buy more KBS. Yeah. <laughs> I've had KBS, but I don't think I've ever tried the Bourbon County. So, mm-hmm. um, Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Should I mean, we drink or cellar? What do you guys think? Well, be a two, side? drink one, sell the other. Yeah. Yeah, if Janine grabs two for me, and then I'd like <laughs> I to grab do two that. for me, that's uh, two <laughs> sell you know, I thought it says you couldn't buy it for someone else. I thought that's what yeah, it explicitly yeah. said. If she's standing next to me, she can buy two, and I can buy two. I'm telling. Busted. Yeah. I was rummaging around in our basement the other day, uh-huh. and Mike has stashed so many high-alcohol content, like high-quality beers some of the good stuff. Man, he found my stash. Yeah, I, I need to pull a straw and start like a spreadsheet because I completely forget what I have down there. In fact, I told a friend of mine a couple months ago, or about a month ago because he was asking me about KBS. I'm like, yeah, it's a great beer, but I don't have any anymore. And then I went downstairs and lo and behold, I still had one bottle. Nice. So I did take that over and we uh, shared it during football. Sorry. We're going to drink that. What? No, I, I took it over to his house and we split it while watching football. <sighs> You're dead to me. Wasted that on a random football game? Come on, that's a special <laughs> occasion beer. Well, I thought it was a special occasion because he had never had it before, oh, but he well, heard so good. much. And I thought, oh, this is a great way to share nice beer with people that, you know, rather than just hoarding it for myself, you know, I've had it before. Yeah. You're a good friend. Well, I'll overlook this. I didn't really get much feedback, though. He's like, no, it's good. It's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is arguably one of the top 50 beers in the world, you goddamn bastard. So, Mike, take us on for a little international, oh, international news. news. So, Brew Dogs, we've talked about them before. They are creating some controversy with their transgender beer. Ooh. Bah, bah. So, yeah, Brew Dogs, who likes to create lots of media buzz, is facing a backlash after its latest brew, dubbed No Labels, is a it's a Kolsch, was created with a special type of hop that starts its life cycle as a male plant before switching over to become female. Almost all hops come from female plants, which are the only ones able to produce the deliciously dank cones we all know and love. Despite brewing the beer with the input of an LGBT organization, some transgender groups have protested the language used by BrewDogs in their marketing. Um, so here, it's yeah, it's called No Labels, it's a Kolsch, and let's see, it's brewed with what are called jester hops. They say they naturally change sex during growth. And they brewed the beer. Uh, it was also sort of a um, fundraiser as, of sorts so the profits of the no label beer will go to the queerest of the queer which is a london-based lesbian gay bisexual and transgender organization which in turn will donate the, them to various charities that support transgender youth communities brew dogs wrote on his website quote we have used these hops to emphasize that just like humans beer can be whatever the hell it wants to be and proud of it end of quote but apparently some other trans organizations have come out and they're not really happy with this it's interesting. Um, I was going to make the, of course, um, required Jurassic Park. Jurassic trip. Park! I was going to do that! <laughs> Damn it! How do they know that uh, female hops do they go DNA. out there and yeah. lift up their little skirts? But uh, I mean, it's cool that they took a stab to, like, you know, um, bring a community like that into the forefront and sort of like give something that would be an homage to a discriminated against uh, area. And I know that um, Britain's not super great about all of those issues um not that america's super great either but uh that's cool but i I guess the issue is what specifically in the marketing was really upsetting them because i I imagine when you have a lgbt community saying we're on board with this and totally go for it i I don't know how you turn around and say well it's offensive that's weird well i I think i'm a little confused into myself i guess some of the groups say that it's uh, not all trans people associate with binary genders i guess they prefer to neither identify with male or female so i guess the fact that like Brew Dogs is still using that no, uh, term incla- um, nomenclature in their marketing is upsetting them. Hmm. I think the end result sounds pretty good, though, the fact that they're actually using the profits for supporting rights to transgender and gay and bisexual people. So. It's called No Labels, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, that that too, No Labels. but mm. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe they're upset because they're saying beer is whatever it wants to be and it's not what it's born to be? or. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If it was for profit, I'd be a little bit more skeptical since it's for a good cause. Yeah. I'm I'm behind it. I I thought it was kind of weird that beer can be proud, but uh, sure, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's proud in my belly. I've never considered beer to have a gender for what it's worth. (laughs) (laughs) If it did, I wouldn't care what gender it is so long as it's delicious. I'm beer gender blind, to be honest. (laughs) 
That was just your th- motion for the pine drops. It's the motion for a lot of things. Okay. Yeah. I'm all just right. using it for transitions now. Oh, yeah. So now that we've stepped in all manner of current events uh, and interesting conversation landmines, uh, let's move on to something that's a little bit more fun and lighthearted with Homebrew 101 Adventures in Homebrewing. So this is a very uh, special segment of Homebrew 101. Our very handsome co-host, Jesse Clark, and his beautiful girlfriend, Megan, started homebrewing for the first time. And it came out pretty quickly that, uh, like all um, naive homebrewers, that there were certain parts of the process that are uh, may perhaps go better or go worse than planned. And uh, Jesse started telling us all these hilarious stories about how their brewing process actually went. Um, so we thought we'd sit down and actually put a microphone in front of him. So Jesse's going to talk about the experience and Meg's going to make sure he doesn't say anything too stupid or wrong or, or blame her. <laughs> Over-exaggerate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Jesse, tell us uh, how did your brewing experience go? What'd you brew? Um, when did you brew it? And how did the overall experience treat you? I think it was last week we started. Um, it was a pale ale. Um, I went to the shelf and I was like, something easy. I want to make sure it's reinforcing this first one. And um, I got that. Uh, there was, I noticed it didn't have sanitizer in the in the kit. And I was like, well, how important can that really be? <laughs> I mean, it's like, you, you find out when you're reading about like that hand sanitizer when that first came out, it actually didn't kill any of the germs that you actually were worried about <laughs> on your hands. Like it just spread them around. And uh, so I was like, how important can this really be? And then you guys all said that it was really, really, really important. <laughs> it's so important they didn't throw it in the box. Yeah, so it's like, all right, fine, we'll wait. And so we waited an extra week. And uh, then it was like meticulously sanitized everything. Everything was like, we have to be, like, I hear that things can go so wrong. And it's like, you know, I want to like put on like gloves and a mask and a cover over my face yeah. and make sure no hairs fall into this, you know, and sanitize my eyeballs when I'm looking at it, you know, and it's, I was really worried and... Well, that quickly changed. <laughs> Excuse me. So yeah, as we were going through it, um, things uh, we we got things boiling, and it was moving pretty quickly. Um, I thought we did that pretty well. Then uh, we that idea of an ice bath to bring the temperature down that was a great idea. I thought, and we uh, decided to put in the in the in the bathtub. Um, we loaded up with ice, um, and so Megan was holding the um, the big pot down. You got in the water, smurge, so she had to keep it down, otherwise it would f- just float up and tip over. So she's holding it down, and I'm reaching, like, if the ice water has filled up to a particular height. Oh, I went and I was trying to even, like, pull, we were drinking some beer while we were doing this, and I re- was recalling days in science class where the idea that if you add salt to ice water, you can get the water to be colder. Than, yeah. yeah. So smart, I poured a bunch smart. of salt in there that had extra water. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's just throw in some of that. So in there, let's stir it up. I was like, yeah, I'm all getting all science-y. Yeah. And um, yeah, and uh, then I reached over to, um, and I thought we were doing pretty well in so far as keeping everything you know, sanitized. And I reached over to turn off the knob, to turn the water off. And I grabbed the wrong knob. That's what she said. That happens. Yeah, and, um, and so Megan's there holding, holding the beer down. Her head is over the, the pot, like trying to keep it down, focusing. You know, it's a, it's a lot of effort by this point because it's, it's temperature isn't, you know. And, um, and it, the shower turned on instead. And it just showered both of us. It showered her. It showered in the beer for sure. Um, she was a sport though. She didn't let go of the beer. Um, she, and uh, yeah, then it was just then you know I did turn it off. But then it's like you like hear this dripping. I'm like, oh no, is the beer like leaking or something? No, that's Megan's hair. The beer, the, the uh, shower water dripping from you know <laughs> all of that effort, and uh, it turned out not to. The beer is still here, though. The bill, like it yeah. fermented. We got it in. We did the rest of it. So Something was fermenting it's in there. Fine. Something Your was hair was clean. I mean, it was Your at that point. Head was clean. Nothing's growing on the top, right? Yeah. I don't well, know. We didn't look at it. This is also also after you put the, t- the the thermometer in the ice water, and apparently he was then also tasting the beer. Yeah, I was like, well, what's the, the matter then? Shower at that point? Well, because you oh, put the thermometer there and you try to like bring down the temperature, and you're like, whatever now. And so Did you like, sanitize the thermometer? I sanitized my mouth. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah, so... Well, sometimes so, the best laid plans. I know that happens to me all the time. Brewing can be a very slow, methodical process, and then until it's not. Yeah, all of a sudden, like, everything well, comes together one time, you need about four or five arms. Well, that's what's so great about winter that's coming up. We can homebrew more, and, you know, don't waste your water. Just put it outside, pack the snow around it. You'll let nature take its course. Make a snow beer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a naming suggestion. What's that? It can just be a touch of Meg. 
The touch of the <laughs> pale ale. <laughs> no, I think, are we still sticking to our... Oh, I don't know which one did we want to call it this. The, the mini wet beer. Music, we're, music uh, references. Yeah, the beer toven. Ultimate uh, goal of our breaking bad beer. I like oh, a, yeah, touch the, a touch of Meg. A touch of Meg. Well, we were considering like doing it like if we could, we would just watch. We're well, she's we're watching through the uh, the Breaking Bad series, and if we called it Heisen beer, and we try to get, <laughs> yeah, the, the, and the, would anyone drink it? Yeah, the blue oh, color was well, a yeah. problem. Like I was looking on forums, and this no just one veered in a really interesting direction. Maybe Penn State fans would drink it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, those tires strained myself. Had I had a couple more, I would have given that beer a different name that uh, Penn State fans may not have enjoyed. <laughs> I'd imagine, like, those tired hand spears, I mean, they're really light. They're like a really straw, pale. Yeah. You put enough blue food coloring in there. I've had, there's, there is, um, there's a brewery that has a blueberry wheat that's like blue. Yeah. And it's like super sweet and gross. I call it Smurf's blood, but uh, it is possible oh. to get a blue. <laughs> that doesn't sound delicious at all. It certainly is not uh, <laughs> delicious. Whoa. That's a big Mine's the biggest bottle. Uh, nice. <laughs> I've got the biggest balls of the most. <laughs> uh, so did you guys enjoy the process? Are you thinking you're going to do it again? Yeah. yeah. So you don't use an ice bath. I have used ice baths many times before, but yeah, now I do have a special device. Uh, it's just a copper tube that I circulate cold water through and it cools down the beer. I saw it at like the homebrew for like 50 or 60 bucks. Is it worth that? I mean, ice is mm, what? Like yeah. Eight bucks? But it's it's more the ease. Okay. And, and speed. Convenience. Yes, How fast did you bring speed. it down? Um, I haven't ever used one before, but for me, I don't use a bathtub. I use my kitchen sink because I'm not lugging my three gallons oh, yeah. of heavy liquid up to my second story. But uh, for me, it can take like almost an hour to cool mm-hmm. the damn thing down. Really? So, yeah, that, that yeah, it takes a right. long time. Oh, for we got it down in like 10 minutes. Well, really? you, you put salt in the turkey in there, man. I don't we have put that. It, yeah, we had, we, had a, we had an ice bath, and we were, I was stirring it up, and it was like, and the temperature dropped. That's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, mean, I was serious about that. All like, of these methods waste a lot of water. That's what yeah, I really don't like. Like the reverse flow wart chiller that yeah. Mike's talking about, like you will really run a lot of water through. So if you can put it out in the backyard into the garden, you'll feel a lot better about it. Um, I don't know. I I also like just the simplicity of an ice bath. If you can keep it stirred and if you have a whole bunch of ice, or keep turkeys. it going. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a really big sink. <laughs> I, I wonder though, I mean, if we're being like water conservation, it's like how much are we worried about like I'm drinking beer, which is dehydrating me and I have to drink more water and water took to, a lot of took, there was a lot of water taken to make this beer. I mean, so aren't we kind of, you know, defeating that anyway, you know, it's just running <laughs> the water for 20 minutes. That's about what it takes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, as in the whole process of beer and the idea of beer is a waste of water to begin with. No. It's not a waste of water. No it's one's a delicious, that. delicious. Okay. All right. All right. If water is not, you know, if you're that's cray cray, Jesse. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> my preferred cooling method is to just dip the icy cold heart of my ex girlfriend into oh. the. Oh. Into the wow. <laughs> I was thinking it's going to go fast. <laughs> wow. We got. All right. We only got like <laughs> really twenty minutes in the podcast. Week, Takes all of thirty seconds to cool it down to the appropriate temperature. But you got to be careful. You got to pull it out fast enough, otherwise the beer will freeze. Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I was thinking of putting the turkey directly in the beer because no. it's like it was wrapped Ooh, up. Oh, turkey like, flavored beer. Oh, well, no, that like a taste wrapped, of turkey. There was, there was a wrapping Maybe around the turkey. Just, we need to define the word <clears throat> sanitary. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why we're confused about the entire process. So you're gonna have Jesse watch some Sesame Street and yeah. be like Big Bird showers every day. <laughs> so close, so close, but, wildly but, off. <laughs> <laughs> no, you still need to wash your hands. Yeah. No, well, it's always, it's cheap. fun, good, bad, and ugly when you yeah. open up that bottle just mm-hmm. to try it and be like, huh, all right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the beginning goal is just not kill somebody, and uh, it sounds <laughs> like you guys are well on your way for that. So beyond that, it's success, and then you try the next time with removing all of the very obvious mistakes that you didn't know about <laughs> the first time through. So how much of it is technique versus the gear you have And so far as making a good brew? I mean, mo- I would say, argue- well, so the idea, the toughest, toughest thing as a home brewer is temperature control, like period. So having your wort be at the right temperature and um, especially as you get higher quantities, holding those things is a little harder. Um, and then, of course, if you're going to do something like lagering, you got to slowly cool the temperature. And that's really hard as a home brewer because you have to have somewhere to cool that. So Better Gear will do that. Like when we were up at uh, Joe Boy's where they did their um, Fourth of July beer, 
I just put a bunch of ingredients into a thing and hit a button and then it was like burp, 80 minutes later yeah. it's done and then you move it to the next thing and then you hit a button and you know it goes so you're gonna have pretty respectable consistency there then it comes down to how cool is your recipe or you know what do you have your own special yeast or yada yada but I find for me the hardest thing is just keeping the temperature consistent because I'm over mm-hmm. like a freaking gas stove and I got to keep eye on it and I don't think cooling it for like almost an hour is an effective way to really, you know, make sure that the beer is okay and then making sure that it's fermenting at the right temperature when it's just sitting in a closet somewhere is good either. Yeah. The short answer is it's a little bit of both. I definitely think that tech is overrated. Whenever I hear about yeah. someone dumping tons and tons of cash into all of their uh their their setup uh i get a little suspicious because they tend to get obsessed with the process and not with the outcome i'm like but does it taste good did you try it was was the taste better did did you do some trial runs i just want to be like bud light consistent Each much better quality different. like a bud snowflake <laughs> <laughs> that's why i've retreated to the one gallon batches i used to always do five gallons and uh i would share a lot with friends and I, I had some great batches and some bad ones where I was like, oh man, why did I make five gallons? But now I just love doing one gallon. You can, uh, you know, brew it out in like an hour and a half. Cleanup is a breeze. Uh, you're not lugging as much around. You're not wasting as much water cooling it down. Like the whole process is easy. And then you could do like five different variants. Like tomorrow night, I'm going to do three different one gallon batches and I'll have them on separate burners. You could put a different yeast in each or you could control one ingredient and put um, you know, X, Y, and Z, and then compare them back to back. Oh. I love that idea. I don't that know. That is nice. Yeah. yeah. So, um, are you, you're not using a kit then you're coming up with your own ingredients then? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I saw the kits and it was like for going from five to one, it was actually only half the price, but it was like, but you're going to be 20%. Of oh price. yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're buying a bulk of scale, right? yeah. <laughs> like high alcohol beer, just throw it in your basement. I had, uh, you know, for last year's February, I had a beer that was sitting down there for two years that I thought was meh and didn't really particularly love. And then two years later, it was actually pretty damn good. Not that they're all going to be that way, but um, yeah, I found like, you know, I put my first beer in the basement of some of it. I, you know, I shared it with a lot of people. And six months later, I was like, wow, this is actually yeah. better than I thought. Or different, at least, you know. Yeah. Or use it for cooking, you know. Base that turkey in it. Bathe in it, you know. Oh, so yeah. That, too. We like to get a pork butt and put our uh, meh beer in the slow cooker with it. Nice. Mm. Nah. Beer in rumps. <laughs> I'm glad you guys had fun, and I'm glad you're going to stick with it, because we always need more February contestants. Yeah, it's surprising what flavors will and will not come through. Like that uh, ants in a log beer I made. I did not realize that, like, one stalk of celery would make the entire beer taste like celery hmm. i mean celery is so benign you know you, it takes more calories to burn it than it uh uh chew, chew it up you know you don't get any nutritional value out of it it's a wolf in sheep's clothing man mm-hmm. so how did you what you put a, just a stalk in or did you cut it up first? i think it was or literally two stalks like you buy like the whole like well stalk of celery and then i took two of the ribs off of it and that's all i used in the beer and that was way too much <laughs> <laughs> So many questions. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm I'm out there with those weird experimental flavors. I try without actually using like adjunct flavorings. Oh yeah. So oh well. Before and after. This is what I get so, hung up on. You do one thing, and then this is the result. So then you change it, and does the the subsequent result correlate with what you changed? Sometimes there's all these other competing factors. So you you're like, I don't know if I really zeroed in, and I controlled for why. That, that's what I'm always trying to do. That's why I love like the 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 small batch because you can mess with it and then be like, I'm gonna tweak this and this recipe isn't quite right. Like I tasted it and I think it's you know too sweet. Reduce the sweetness. You know, move on. I don't know. I think that that's the fun part. I love that Sly Fox was doing that with an ex with different hops, so you could I go in there. I think that's what Tired Hands is doing. It should be. Oh my God! Well, they just name it something different every time. Really, there's our seventy <laughs> different IPAs. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna brew an IPA with every freaking hop in the market. We're gonna noodle around with this one recipe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so. what it takes to gross them out. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a couple. Of You're such a buttered noodle, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what brewing I've noticed I'm using uh, so it's liquid malt extract like mm-hmm. so do you, are you guys actually Funny. using that or are you mashing or what's what's the difference and what's going on so one sounds like it takes a long time to do and more equipment yeah it's basically someone else has done it for you they've taken the grain and they've boiled it they've done the mash 
and they've created a concentrated wort that you're just diluting in water and boiling. Mm-hmm. But I, but it, the, the kit gave me grains, though, too. Those are specialty grains. So basically, they've been manipulated so that you only need to steep them at a certain temperature, and you'll still get like the sugars and the flavorings out of them. Okay. Whereas that extract is from base malt, which requires more steeping at a different temperature. So it's like an extra step that's taken out by giving you that concentrate. Okay. Because what I, I've moved on to like the all grain brewing and I have to do that extra step. And yeah, it's a lot more work and kind of more of a pain in the ass really. So. Yeah, I go back and forth. Uh, I, I bought uh, an all grain brown ale ingredient list this evening. And then I also got a whole bunch of liquid malt extract for like little one gallon experimental batches. Because I'm like, eh, yeah, I don't really do, we need to mess around with all grain on these. Sometimes it's more trouble than it's worth. You can get really, really good results with the liquid malt extract is what okay. I would say. You can even uh, drop the specialty malts. So the uh, first cream ale recipe I did was out of a kit, and it was just like, bring it up, bring it like, you know, X gallons of water to a boil, and then pour in your liquid malt extract, and then you put in your hops, and you're done. And I was like, holy God, why don't I brew yeah. this all the time? <laughs> it's super easy. But uh, yeah, at a certain point, you're going to lose complexity of flavor. And a cream ale isn't supposed to have like nuances of or i mean i guess it could if it's really good but a homebrew one is sort of like just a base flavor and then you know we added stuff on top of it to add complexity but uh yeah it's a great way to get started you know you realize how easy it is to homebrew and you just get comfortable uh with the procedural knowledge of using the equipment that's really the hard part how do i use this equipment what's the technique uh it's not written on the instructions uh, it's really hard to understand until you've done it a couple of times. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah, you're just you're, you're you're pouring stuff in at various times. You're checking temperatures. It's pretty mundane, but that procedural knowledge is kind of profound. Indeed. Yeah. Well, let's stop talking about beer and start drinking some. Let's move on to a little beer versus beer versus beer, brown eyed beer edition. Beer versus beer. <laughs> single combat for champion beer. Two beers in, one beer leaves. So, uh, <laughs> not sure why we decided to go with brown ales on this one, but uh, Michael was the one who I think proposed this as a topic of beer versus beer. And uh, as interesting, as much as I love the the, the uh, song Brown Eyed Girl, Brown Eyed Beer just does not sound no. appetizing. I, I like the Lily Brown Ale. No. It doesn't get as much respect. And we're kind of moving into that territory where, well, it's really fun because it's like either fresh hop beers or dark heavy stouts. Yes. And But kind of somewhere around there too is just the, the, the Brown Ale. It gets overlooked, but there's a lot of really good examples out there. And we're going to find out which one's going to win tonight. Indeed. <sighs> Although I do not find Newcastle Brown Ale to be one of those good examples out there. No. I'm not a fan. Newcastle's a good gateway beer, but I've long since left it. So uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first then. Excellent. Excellent. So for me, I am offering Downtown Brown from Lost Coast Brewing Company. They're out of probably my favorite city name of all time, Eureka, California. Uh so obviously all these are brown ales. So they described it as a smooth, full-bodied nut brown ale, lightly hopped with a hint of roasted and crystal malts. This ale is dark in color without the heavy tastes of a porter or a stout. Nice. Right. So, so sounds like it might be a little English uh, nut brown kind of Yeah, a little. Style. It's 5.0% ABV, so we're not going to get wrecked on this. All right. Which may or may not be a good thing. Yeah, there's a great story. Cool. All right. So glasses, everyone. Hand me glasses. Ooh. Jesse. Who was that host? Downtown Julie Brown? Downtown Julie Brown. Downtown. I'm talking downtown. That was with uh, Paulie Shore back when he was doing... Was he a host? Uh, he was. was Julie Brown a VJ? Yeah. <laughs> Paulie Shore was a VJ? I thought he was. Wasn't yeah, he like... definitely was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then there was that other guy who was doing uh, Yo! MTV Raps who went by the name Dr. Dre as well, but he wasn't the Dr. Dre. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was pretty funny. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. That guy eclipsed you. <laughs> oh, I'm dripping beer in myself. How rude. Mm. Can I take a bottle? Yes, you may. There's some interesting artwork on it. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's a little Lost Coast has a very nice aesthetic. 
little Picasso, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's very light, uh, pretty nutty. I really like their Tango Reen. I've had that one before. Yeah, I, I think it has a, a light creaminess and a, a, a whiff of nuts. Mm. 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 Ah. Yeah, it's good sipping beer. I don't know, like, so what are your thoughts on brown ales? Uh, my thoughts on brown ales are they're, they're perfect for this time of year. Okay. Um, it's just what I want. Something that's the, not too, too for dark. For a cooler day. Yeah, yeah for a cooler day. Um, traditionally, they were made out of brown malts, but brown malts have fallen out of favor these days. Uh, but it used to be that uh, they had the same recipe for all their beers. It was just the strength. Like the first run was the really dark beer. The second run was the, uh, the brown. And then the third was your bitter or your lighter beer. So it's the in-between. I don't know. It's, it's always been the in-between. It doesn't have that distinction. So Beer Advocate rates this as an 83. Um, that's the overall advocate scores. And then the bros have had it and said that it's an 82. So we're mm. in the B-minus territory, which I wouldn't say is not too far off from where I would have placed it. Mm. Um, I'm not a huge brown ale person. Um, if I'm in that, that sort of lighter dark beer style, I like to go for the porter more than, than a brown ale. Mm. Um, in my personal opinion, but, uh, every now and again, I find one that's, that's decent that, uh, I'm like, Oh, that actually surprised me a little bit, but in general, not my favorite style. Hmm. Well, hopefully we'll be able to change your mind tonight. Maybe with one of these other two. Yeah. If you compared it to a pumpkin beer or a Marzen, Uh which would be your preferred, like Oktoberfest beer. Hmm. Definitely not the pumpkin beer. Pumpkin beers can go to hell and die. Um, go to where and die. Hell. I agree. Hmm. Yeah, I don't like pumpkin beers at all. Um, Marzins are hard. There are some that I actually really like, and I would say that's my October cho- Oktoberfest beer of choice. Um, but a lot of the more popular ones I tend not to like. Mm, right. um, I found a couple that I'm like, oh, yeah, but some of the bigger name ones, I'm just like, nope, this is disgusting. I don't like this at all. Hmm. Like, I think the one that I like the most off the top of my head that I can think of is uh, Flying Dogs Oct- mm. Oktoberfest mm-hmm. beer. I actually think I enjoy that quite a bit Yeah, for a nice multi-kick. What do you think, Mike? Fall beer? Best fall beer? Best fall beer. Mm. I mean, a good Martin. I can't really name one right now, but a good Martin really hits the spot, right? Uh, there are some good browns out there, though. Actually, uh, what is a Dogfish Head? The uh, I'm always screwing the name up. Their Imperial <coughs> Brown Ale, maybe oh. a special type of wood. Um, the um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, with um, what's his face on the front? Um, Burton Baton, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. No, that's their. What is the hell? Their name is escaping me. This is why. The one Dan Annis always makes the clone of. Yeah, I know what you're um, talking about. Um, it's on the tip of my tongue. It says in the M. Palo, Palo Santo Moron. Oh, yeah, that's, that's it. it. Okay. You're right. Uh, and that's with that special uh, South American hardwood. Palace. <laughs> 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 Not just a, a, a brown ale. Is that like the really, really, really hardwood? They said they had how many saws did they go through to actually mm. like make those yeah. tanks? Yeah. It's that one. You can like shoot it and bullets just bounce right off. Uh, so there's a, a lot of different styles of brown. There's the American brown that tends to be hoppier. Uh, there's the British brown uh, that is definitely uh, not happy. Um, the classic British brown uh, is uh, very easy to drink. And then there's um, Belgian browns, which are sour. Uh, definitely a Flemish brown would be a pretty tart brown. I do love it's Flemish nice browns. Mix. That's actually, yeah, yeah, as browns go, that would be my preferred and then I think that there's actually a German brown. It goes by like another cereal. name. There is, isn't there? Yeah, it goes by another name, and I'm going to look it up right now because it surprised me. So, Mike, what are we drinking? We are drinking Cigar City, so we're moving coasts, uh, Maduro Brown Ale, and pr- pretty appropriate, Cigar City, named our Brown Ale Maduro. Uh, but I think this is a pretty pretty solid variety. It's, this is a dark brown. Yeah, they call it. I think they call it an English style brown ale, but it's definitely a little oh. bit uh, darker, a little bit thicker than the uh, one we just had. Alt beer. I just found it. Uh, yes, the no German beer. brown ale is the alt before. beer. Yeah, we just had one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, my long trail was a double alt beer. I feel like this is a little bit more body than, than oh. the. Uh, a little bit, a little bit, a lot more vanilla too. So Maduro brown ale, hints of caramel, toffee, chocolate, and espresso. They're all on display in this complex but approachable brown ale. A great quote food beer. 
Maduro pairs equally well with sweet chocolate-based desserts as it does with roasted meat. Mm. Is there oatmeal in this? Uh, I imagine they use oats, just from the, the mouthfeel. That's actually quite tasty. You said what, it had a cereal smell to it? Yeah, I thought it was kind of... Huh. I do love Cigar City. They are a great brewery. And mm-hmm. That's a sweet very nice beer. Yeah, I get it's a little, nice and heavy on the vanilla. Yeah, I get a little bit of oak, kind of like a whiskiness there. Not really in burn, but just because of that oakiness. That's just solid. Perhaps a little sweet for my taste, but good. Yeah, this one mm. definitely strays a little sweeter. But yeah, I had this one last night. Mm. And uh, I was just like, yeah, this is a really good beer. It's very flat in my glass. <laughs> yeah, but surprisingly, still has a nice mouthfeel for being a little smoother and mellower. I thought the, uh, the Lost Coast, I'm not that I'd say water, even the adequate word, but it was definitely a little thinner than uh, what we're drinking now. So you say undercarbonated? I think I'd say it's almost overcarbonated, just a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, I don't really mind them. Mouthfeel. Oh, there's Goldilocks there. Feels it's <laughs> just right. Yeah. All right, should we open the third? Yep. Yeah. All right. Who has a bottle <clears throat> opener? So uh, I've got a Port Brewing Board Meeting Brown Ale. This comes with coffee and cocoa nibs. It's brewed in San Marcos, California. And uh, there's a little uh, scenario. Ooh, I like the nice brown head on this. It's pretty. <clears throat> it's also very dark. Whoa, you can smell the... Was it coffee and espresso or just espresso? Coffee and cocoa nibs. Yeah. It's not mm. terrible, Ooh, but very coffee and not much. And since I'm not a huge coffee yeah. taste person, that's a little overpowering really for me. It up. Plus Ooh. coconut. I don't think the coffee's enough. I had a feeling you might say that. <laughs> but, uh... Interesting. Well, we know what go I'm going to go on, Jesse. Yes. You put more coffee in this beer? Well, you know how I'm going to brew it. Oh, yeah. When I eventually I like try that, this, yeah, it's going to be, yeah. when I say a breakfast out, it's mm-hmm. going to be a breakfast out. It's going to have coffee in it. It's going to be very alcoholic, probably. There's like a fruit there. I mean, bacon's mm. like a bacon. Yeah, I'm going to put sausage in my beer. And... Oh, this would go oh. so well with bacon. Oh, it's going to kill goes, us slowly. Uh, yeah, 18%. That's just the magical <laughs> power of bacon. Everything goes well with bacon. <laughs> Think about it, Rob. You would drink this with bacon. I almost feel like this should be a stout over a brown. I think it was a little, yeah. little, little. I, I sort of see the brown in there, but they really kind of amped it up. There's like a, also mm. like a strong like, is it figs taste? Some sort of fruit. Hmm. Underneath all that crushing espresso. Crushing uh, espresso. I, I taste coconut, but I yeah, don't taste re- coconut. They're really pushing yeah. the boundary, I think, of what the brown is supposed to do. Hmm. It's a bit darker. It's not the traditional like uh, hoppy brown ale. Uh, I also avoided the um, oh, what's the the bunny the duck rabbit brown? Oh right, because yeah. Mike was vehemently against it, but I think it's a very good example of the American brown ale style. Mm. If you want a hoppy brown ale, yeah, it was the hoppy hoppy bunny, hoppy bunny, mm. and that crude yet awesome label art. Yeah, they picked a good design. <laughs> But I guess it's not really up to us. It's up to the coffee fanatic, Jesse Clark, to decide which of the three beers he liked the best in beer versus beer versus beer. I think we'll go with Mike. Oh. Right. Yeah. The Maduro. Yeah, I did like the sweetness. The, I thought the, it was refreshing. The power. I thought yeah. it was nice. Um, uh, yeah, Rob's was it was a B, B minus. Um, <clears throat> I thought the flavors were neat that were going on in Emily's, but I just didn't, they, I don't think they really worked well with me. I, um, yeah. I feel like I'm getting thrown around in the waves on this one. Yeah, you're kind of you were right there in the middle. It, it worked. So it did. Its, it did. It did what it was supposed to. Yeah, and it was nice. It was you know, nice. I don't know what to say. Like I like the coffee, but it was like I, there were other flavors. I just like ah, it feels kind of hollow below it. Yeah, I'm glad we got to share this one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked what I had for the quantity that I had, but a full point of that, I would have been like, oh god, that seems impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like. I mean, I like my beer too, but it wasn't. We go well Something with pancakes. It, it would be a nice Actually, breakfast yeah. brown. Yeah. yeah, I still want to make those man cakes. You know, the pancakes brewed with or made with beer instead of water, mm-hmm. and bacon crumbles put in them. Like that would yeah. be really good with this beer. Man cakes. Yeah. Man cakes. That does sound good. You know, it goes really well with bacon. KBS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which any breakfast out, but um, <sighs> no, I think I think that was a. I agree with Jesse's decision. Um, although I usually do. Uh, I think Mike's beer was just like a nice, solid A minus brown. I think it was good. Cigar City did a good job. Well, I'm glad I 
bought all three of them and randomly distributed them That's amongst so us weird. beforehand. Well, you should have picked differently, <laughs> Emily, and you would have won. Instead uh, of being a loser. She won oh, the no, big I'm bottle. I'm not in it to win it. <laughs> we're all really in it to just get drunk. We're, we're all just here to please you, Jesse. I know. By offering you a selection. Please. <laughs> Far too handsome for reflective toilet water. Because, <laughs> you know, the only way that toilet re- water is ever reflective is if it, it's dark, you know. Because that's the only time when you're ever reflecting, you know, back. It's, you know, <laughs> otherwise, you kind of see through it, right? <laughs> you got to get a glancing angle of it. A glancing angle. This is starting to get political, like that Penn State conversation. <laughs> The views of Rob, Emily, Jesse, and Mike do not represent the Blind Tiger podcast. It's actually just negative views, right? Well, that's it for today's show. We appreciate you listening to our brown ale episode. It was actually nice to... <laughs> just because Meg couldn't keep it together there as I tried to slightly <laughs> transition out of the episode um, yeah so I don't normally try brown so this is a good thing to kind of widen my own horizons and maybe unbias me towards my general dislike of browns so that was cool and I really enjoyed it um, join us next week uh, not sure exactly what we're doing um, but we will talk about it after the episode because we actually do have a couple of exciting opportunities that we could jump on for next episode next week exciting opportunities exactly we're on it blonde tiger thanks for listening pine drops keep on drinking now you can pine drops <laughs> That's today's show. For more information on today's podcast or to subscribe to the show, visit www.blindtigerpodcast.com or look for us on iTunes. Send comments or questions to show at blindtigerpodcast.com. To suggest or request a beer for beer versus beer or to ask a question for Homebrew 101, email show at blindtigerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and keep drinking.